to the Beef Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of developing a breeding plan for a commercial cow herd. To talk about this, I'm joined today by Dr. Matt Spangler, who's a Nebraska Extension beef genetic specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks for the invitation. It's my pleasure. Dr. Spangler, it is bull sale season, the spring bull sale season anyway here in Nebraska. And so a lot of commercial cow-calf producers are going to be going out and selecting their next set of herd sires. As they begin to make those decisions about which ones to choose, what are some things they should think about from a breeding plan standpoint to make sure that they're getting a bull that's taking them genetically where they want to go? Yeah, I think this is a, a really good topic and, and really a, a fundamental thing for commercial producers to think about. And it all starts with identifying just a couple of really high-level things. And, and one is, when do they plan on marketing calves? Are they going to sell calves at weaning? Are they going to background them? Are they going to turn into to yearlings? Or are they going to retain ownership through the feed yard? And if they retain ownership, do they plan to sell them live or in the beef? That begins to tell us, well, what weight traits are important for them to consider? If they sell at weaning, then obviously weaning weight's important. If they retain ownership all the way through the feed yard and sell on the beef, then they've got to think about post-weaning gain and think about carcass traits as well. Those are revenue-based traits, but you, you have to match those with when you plan to, to sell calves. That said, even for the producer that sells at weaning, particularly if they direct market their calves, they can't completely ignore post-weaning performance because somebody is going to feed them. And you'd like that somebody uh, to come back and, and buy your calves, buy your, buy your product again. The other thing they've got to ask themselves is, am I going to retain my own replacement females or not? If they don't, then arguably sire selection becomes a lot simpler because all they have to do is focus on the traits related to when they plan on selling calves. They don't have to worry about uh, female fertility, things like mature cow weight, cow lactation potential because they're not retaining their own replacements. But if they are, they have to think about those things. And so being cognizant that selection for Growth traits could increase mature cow weight if you keep back your own replacement heifers. Thinking about traits like stability or functional longevity, a kind of a proxy for uh, sustained cow fertility. So it, it, it boils down to identifying what are the sources of revenue, what are the sources of cost, and that's really based on when you sell your calves and if you keep back heifers or not. Dr. Spangler, I think for a lot of cow-calf producers in Nebraska anyway, they they market their calves, but they also, in most cases, I would say, keep back replacement heifers. For me, this kind of creates a tension as we think about that marketing plan and also that breeding plan. How do we balance that tension between what I would say, trying to sell an animal today from a feeder standpoint that meets all the desires of the end, end target there, and then trying to get a heifer calf that fits back in our program can utilize, you know, forage-based resources, crop residue, and thrive in that kind of environment? Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good question. And, and you're right. If I continually try to increase weight of the calves that I sell off ranch, but also keep back replacement heifers, there's a tendency those heifers are going to be larger and mature weight than the, the cows I have currently. And so that's an increasing 
cost to me. The simple thing is to say, well, you've got to balance those. But it, but it's honestly more complicated than that because it's economic balancing. So is an additional pound of calf sold at weaning, how much increase in cow weight can I tolerate before it's no longer a net positive to me? It's actually a monetary loss. There are tools that help producers think through selecting for multiple traits at the same time, even when there's these kinds of antagonisms, and those are called economic selection indexes. And every major beef breed association offers at least one. And for producers in that scenario that you described, they're selling calves, but also retaining replacement heifers. They want to make sure to use the economic index that actually matches the objective they have, that does consider all of those traits and allows uh, a trade-off amongst them so producers are actually selecting animals that are the most profitable. And, and I think that's so important to consider is when I'm purchasing a bull, that's an economic decision. And is that decision going to lead to improve profit? Is there a return on investment from that decision? And, and that's really the way I'd encourage people to think through that. As we think about folks going out and looking at bull sale catalogs, there's a lot of information out there today. We now have genomically enhanced EPDs. There's a lot of folks who provide individual animal ratios or even some scoring of their own based on things like temperament, utter. How do you sort through and begin to utilize that data as you make decisions for your own cow herd? Yeah, that, there's... Uh... There's a lot of a lot of uh, data in uh, bull sale catalogs, and I always argue that some of that data is useful, uh, some of it isn't. And and there's actually been some some really good formal, I'd say, economic studies uh, or studies at least from colleagues in ag economic department at the University of Tennessee that have have looked at where people place attention in a bull sale catalog and, and the take home, and I hope I do it justice, is that the more you put in there, the less people look at it. And they have a tendency, which I think is natural, to look at the things that are on uh, the top of the page in the left-hand side. And so one, I think that's a message for people selling bulls. But the other is it tells me that bull buyers need to to really have in mind the things they're looking for or the pieces of information when they go through a sale catalog. And there needs to be a focus on EPDs and economic selection indices. And more than that, the economic selection indexes that match what you're trying to do, match what your breeding objective is, and the EPDs that are of economic relevance. So not every EPD in that sale catalog is going to be important to every single bull buyer. And so you need to focus on the ones that actually are important to what you're trying to do. I'm not trying to necessarily completely dismiss all the effort that uh, seed stock producers put into providing additional information. But I think if commercial producers focus on those tools and the tools that are relevant to what their breeding objective is, it simplifies the exercise and it also increases the likelihood that they actually buy a bull that's going to to put them on the course to to make more money. What are some other things you'd encourage producers to think through as they develop a breeding plan? I mean, we've talked about the marketing endpoints, but are there any other additional things you think would be of importance as you evaluate that? 
Yeah, I, I think producers can can get even more detailed. And and so knowing how their herd performs now, what what is my average sale weight? If I'm retaining ownership on calves, actually, how do they grade right now? What is the weight of my mature cows? What are my variable cow costs per year, right? So how much money does it take me to run a cow? What are my actual feed costs for growing calves? Those kinds of things help you determine, well, amongst the traits that are are economically important to me, where do I need to put the most emphasis going forward? If I see that most of my cows aren't, aren't making it to six years of age, they're falling out before then, that tells me I really need to put emphasis on something like stability or, or functional longevity to increase the reproductive longevity in my herd, because that's that's a big cost. If I'm retaining ownership and my calves are grading uh, high select to low choice, well, there's potential for a lot of movement and, and additional revenue from increasing uh, quality grade. On the flip side, if the majority of my calves are in the upper two-thirds of choice with some getting into prime, but their hot carcass weights are only, let's say, 750 pounds, well, I, I probably need to increase out weights more than I need to increase quality grade. So it's really identifying where you have the most room for improvement and placing emphasis there. And I think producers would learn a lot if if they got a sense for, you know, how much does it really cost me to carry a cow for a year? And and I think if they understood that, all of a sudden the need to decrease mature cow size would become even more evident. So really knowing where you sit today, both in herd performance and cost, I think goes a long way in helping you decide where you need to go in the future. Dr. Spangler, anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? Well, the the selection tools, EPDs, indexes are are always evolving, and there's new ones. I mentioned some people have probably heard of stability before, but I mentioned functional longevity. That's Angus's uh, version, if you will, of of stability EPDs. So there's always these new tools that come out, and it's important to to stay abreast of them. Your seed stock vendor should be able to explain them. But certainly there are a lot of resources available to do that as, as well. And, and being an educated consumer, having some sense for if you're buying Hereford bulls, knowing, well, what is breed average uh, for Hereford? So, so you at least have some awareness uh, when, you, when you go to the sale of, of what's moving you in the right direction versus not. There's a, a lot of uh, educational resources on ebeef.org or through the Beef Improvement Federation and and certainly through our UNL beef production website. So um, staying staying current on those things, not necessarily needing to be an expert, but just being a knowledgeable consumer, I think is good practice. Dr. Spangler, you mentioned something there that caught my attention. You mentioned breed average. And I think for a lot of folks, if they go to a bull sale, Selecting a bull that might be below breed average for a trait is really hard to do. And yet, when I look at breed average for something like milk, that's changed dramatically over the last 35, 40 years. Help us think through a little bit as we think about some of these breed averages. Could we actually be selecting for something we want and have it be below breed average? Yes, and I think that's an excellent point. And and it's hard to, it's maybe a hard pill for some people to swallow. You're buying a bull. And, you know, there's a lot of source of pride in buying a good bull 
And so it, it would stand to reason then that you'd want bulls uh, above breed average and, and whatever whatever trait that, that you're considering. I would argue what you want is bulls that are above average for profitability and more specifically, really profitability for your enterprise. And, and if you think about it that way, it means that the best bull for you may actually be below breed average for an individual trait. You mentioned milk. That's certainly one. Uh, mature cow weight for breeds that report that. That's another one. So, so there are examples where being below breed average could actually be the better decision. Dr. Spangler, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate the resources you shared. And as folks have questions, they can find your contact information on our website. That's right. And certainly uh, welcome the opportunity to get questions. Well, for more information on the topic we discussed today, I would point you to the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, we have a number of resources related to this topic.